and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap Podcast. My name is Cindy Rajkesi and I will be highlighting some of the informative feature and news articles from the 30th July 2021 issue of Farmers Weekly. On the cover this week, we find out why superior cows are the bedrock of beef production. A healthy eating trend unlocks the market for stone ground wheat flour. We share a story about how a Mexican beer and limes have helped uplift a community in South Africa. A pecan grower shares his secret to success. And lastly, we explore the 10-year outlook for global food supply and demand. Let's take a look at the two top feature articles. The first one is the livestock feature on why superior cows are the bedrock of beef production. Willem Botha, who owns the Tendela Svantala stud near Senegal in the Free State, believes that high-quality female animals are a key element in a commercial breeding herd. He says it makes little sense to keep a breeding herd of substandard female animals, as not even the best bulls can cancel out the effects of poor-performing cows. Nevertheless, because of the costs involved, Botha does not advise commercial breeders to consider buying stud cows. A good alternative is to consider breeding female animals, not make the cut for a stud, or to make sure you acquire them from reputable commercial breeders. Whatever route you take, investment in the best possible heifers and cows will stand you in a good stead for generations to come. Bortha says that a good cow drops and raises a calf every year and produces weaners of optimal growth and weight that are marketable early on. A top-performing adult cow that is of real worth to commercial herd should have all the traits of economic value. According to Bortha, it is critical that commercial producers understand estimated breeding values. Maternal calving ease, for example, identifies female animals that will calve more easily. The economic challenges of profitable beef production are such that animals selected on visual appraisal alone have become a gamble. Although visual appraisal remains an essential selection tool, it must be supported by animal performance records. The major economic traits that influence production include fertility, maternal ability, growth, and top milk production. The financial realities of beef cattle breeding for both stud and commercial breeders simply do not allow for stragglers and poor performers. This is why commercial farmers should make sure the female animals in their herds meet the major economic trait requirements. For this to happen, keeping a performance record is of the utmost importance in the long-term quest for a sustainable and profitable business. The next feature I'm going to discuss focuses on pruning pecan trees correctly for higher yield. Did you know that pecan consumption is on the rise worldwide, with the U.S. being the biggest producer? In South Africa, pecan farming is still in its infancy. But with global demand for nuts increasing, more producers are seeing opportunities to diversify their farms with pecans, just like Houghton-based pecan farmer Albert Baumeister Jr., who has 55 hectares under pecans and every year processes and markets 350 tons of these nuts, comprising his own crop and those of other farmers in the area. Albert's advice to producers when choosing the right variety is to do their homework and get their cultivation practices right from the start if they want to succeed. Now, to do this, ensure the nursery supplying the plants is accredited. You must inspect the plants before buying any, and you must select a cultivar based on sound information. Don't plant varieties that have not been tried and tested in the area. 
Climate is the most important factor when considering whether or not to plant beacons. The trees require some chilling in winter and do better in areas that receive frost, as it encourages more uniform growth in spring, which in turn helps to ensure more uniform pollination. They also prefer deep soil, preferably sandy, with a small clay percentage. Now, with regards to irrigation and fertilization, Baumeister uses micro-irrigation, and his watering regime starts in August and continues until harvesting begins in May. Now, between May and July, the trees are irrigated every two weeks. Soil analysis is carried out every year, and fertilizer is applied accordingly. The orchids receive compost made from pecan husks with chippings, lime, and chicken manure, a combination that promotes soil health and aids the development of beneficial microorganisms. The nuts are shaken off the trees mechanically and collected by a team of workers. Baumeister's mature orchids yield 2,5 ton per hectare, with a kernel recovery of around 54%. Albert says he pays close attention to tree spacing and pruning to get the right balance between tree growth, sunlight, and yield. He says they regularly prune and shape the trees into hedges in a north-south direction to enable the sunlight to penetrate as much of each tree as possible. Pruning is carried out mechanically at a 15-degree angle at a height of between 1,8 meters and 9 meters. The upper part of the tree is pruned at a 45-degree angle. To determine the desired tree height, the rule of thumb is to follow tree spacing. He also prunes nearly two-thirds of the length of the side branches, keeping them quite short. Because pecan trees bear nuts on branches that grow out the previous season, Baumeister prunes only one side of a tree each year. This way, they still get a harvest every year, and the alternate bearing characteristics of the tree are evened out. He says if they pruned the entire tree, they would have to wait a whole year for the new shoots to grow and produce a harvest. Pecans are fast growers, and pruning them can be a never-ending headache. This is not only because of the time it takes, but because it reduces yield. Baumeister notes that since South Africa's pecan industry is still relatively small, much research is needed to find the best crop protection methods. Now let's take a look at the news. One of the highlights this week includes a story about the livestock identification and traceability system in South Africa nearing completion but a date for its finalization and implementation has yet to be determined. Kurs van der Reist, chairperson of the Red Meat Producers Organization, said excellent progress had been made with a database that included records of individual animals and cattle owners. He said local producers needed such a system to gain access to high-end export markets, such as the EU. Van der Reist said that Litz SA would help the industry regain its foot and mouth disease-free status, manage animal diseases in general, and keep track of the movement of livestock. Nowadays, animal traceability and identification are important management tools in animal health and food safety, he says. In another article, we look at the devastating drought in the Northern Cape. According to Nicole Janssen, Agri-Northern Cape president, 90% of the province had not received enough rain during the past summer to break the drought. Latest calculations, as stated in the Northern Cape Department of Agriculture's May 2021 early warning report on drought, an amount of 337 million rand was needed to maintain core herds of 30 
livestock units for the affected farmers for a 90-day period. If the 337 million rand drought aid was spent now, it would prevent future losses of 354 million rand over a six-year period at farm level. Drought aid would save 395 on-farm jobs and 640 jobs in the rest of the economy through linkages. Now, these numbers were only for the year of assistance. Janssen added that if three of the five district municipalities were to agree that they were experiencing a drought disaster, they could approach the Northern Cape Premier, who could then declare a provincial disaster. This could then be escalated to the National Disaster Management Center for consideration and possible support from national government. Now let's find out what's trending on farmersweekly.co.za. Fuel prices are set for another increase in August, with the diesel price expected to increase 58 cents per litre, according to the Automobile Association. Apart from the increase in the price of diesel, the petrol price and illuminating paraffin were expected to increase 87 cents per litre and 56 cents per litre, respectively. Due to the recent increase in local fuel prices, the cost of imported agricultural inputs such as fertiliser, Pesticides and herbicides would also likely to increase, said Paul McCube, senior agricultural economist at FMB Agriculture, especially as the planting season drew closer. McCube added that as harvested crops were transported to various storage bins across the country, further fuel hikes would dent producer margins. The AA said that the main driver behind the local fuel price increase was the weaker rand, which had taken a knock due to the recent unrest in KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng. And that's it for this week. Remember to follow us and engage with us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next time, stay safe and happy farming.